everyone, it's Frank, and I am so unbelievably excited to bring our special guest for today's podcast on today. It is my good and fabulous friend, Spring Estep, and she has been doing doTERRA with us now uh, for at least five years. Uh, I have the distinct pleasure of meeting her. Uh, matter of fact, that's how we met was through uh, doTERRA essential oils, but I have just been so honored to be able to meet her. And I really wanted to bring her on to the podcast today because I just have to share with you guys. Uh, she is very well known in the wellness world, and I wanted to ensure that you guys knew how a licensed practical nurse could actually be, you know, traditionally trained in Western medicine and then start adopting various different integrative ideas and different wellness ideas to be able to incorporate them into not only her family, but now she has grown to the capability of being able to help tens of thousands of people. So, uh, Spring, I just I thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, wow. What a great intro, Frank. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to, to join you. Yeah, well, we want to get started with, you know, talking all about you. And so oh, I yes. know that we have had the opportunity to meet your, you know, you and your husband, Keith, um, who you guys are a fabulous power couple. Oh, and y'all have just been so instrumental in even myself and Jackie's life when it comes to the whole understanding of wellness and a, and a really good you-can-do-this attitude. What you guys don't know about is that spring is like a traditional southern, y'all. Uh, she is like, like she is like, you're going to hear her talk, and I just can't get over how just warm and inviting her voice is. And so um, I, I'm going to say this now, and then we'll say it again at the end of the podcast, but please check her out. She now has springestep.com, and that is her educational platform that she has just recently released, actually just about a couple of months ago, right? Yep, yep. And to, in order for everyday folks like you and me to be able to get on there and get some knowledge about how to start having a better lifestyle and really just achieve the wellness that you've always desired. So thanks again, Spring, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, so let's get started with talking about, like, where you came from, right? Um, yeah. You know, from what you told me is that, you are a licensed practical nurse, and you've been, yes. you know, a licensed practical nurse for about 17 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you tell me about, like, what your experiences were with that? Like, where did you work and all that sort of stuff, and we'll just kind of take things from there. Sure. Well, um, I, I started my nursing journey um, 17 years ago when I actually graduated from nursing school, but even before that, I was, uh, the, I am the daughter of a first-generation hippie. My mom was very committed to natural health and wellness, and I thought that she was crazy. And in my teenage years, I hit that rebellious stage where I was convinced that I belong in foster care, um, that my parents were losing their minds because they would never take us to the doctor. My mom was so passionate about natural medicine that I finally said, I'm going to become a nurse because I'm going to prove you wrong. And when I graduated from nursing school, in 2001, I was so, like, you know, that that moment in your life where you kind of dust your shoulders off and kind of market your parents and say, ha-ha, I did it. That was totally me. And then I started working in healthcare as a nurse, and I really quickly saw that 
these people that we were seeing, I started out, I worked my first uh, two years in ICU, and then I transitioned into the ER, and I really quickly saw that the patients we were seeing were not getting better, that we were seeing them on, a lot of them, on a repeat basis, and the things that we were doing in healthcare was not actually fixing anything. We were just masking the symptoms and these people yeah. were getting more sick and that was so frustrating. As a healthcare provider, you know, we we practice do no harm, right? Like, yeah. we want to see people get better, but the ugly side to like, I call it sick care because it's really not health care, <laughs> but the ugly okay. side yeah. is that people are actually not getting better. Like, they are getting more sick as we go and it's not because of um, health care, and it's not because of the doctor's fault. It's not, it's because it's a broken system, and we have gotten away from the basic needs of health. And so, through my years in working in ER um, medicine, I was so frustrated. And a lot of people will look at nurses and doctors and say, oh my gosh, they are so grumpy and they have such bad attitudes. And, that, you know, all the things, they're just not happy people. And I always said, when I become a nurse, I'm not going to be like that. But it was happening to me. I got to where I was just angry and frustrated and felt like my hands were tied working in medicine because I was not seeing people get healthy. Yeah. So, I, definitely know what you, I definitely know what you mean. If I may, uh, that's so... I can echo that because as a, yes. as, a tra- as a trained and certified PA, it's the same way. It's like, you know, we have this mentality of when we first walk into whatever training we're going to go do, whatever medical training we're going to do, we have this just sense of empowerment like, yes. I am going to conquer the world. Oh, and then yes. when the rubber meets the road, goodness gracious, it's so unfortunate that people are doing exactly what you're saying. It's like, you know, we have... We have a lot of repeat offenders is what we refer to them as, you know. Yeah. We have a lot of folks who we go out there, we release them back out, you know, they're quote-unquote better, and then they come back, and then yep. they come back. So it's like, you know, so it's like what what did you find out? What did you learn that you needed to be able to start doing in order to ha- help with these folks that were just sort of like walking through your door all the time? Well, you know, after being in – ER medicine for so many years, uh, we were still at, on the home front in my home. I'm a mom. I'm married. My, my husband and I have been together 21 years, and we have two children at the time. My kids were young, and I felt like even as a healthcare provider in my own home, I felt completely powerless when it came to toothaches or the stomach bug or, you know, any colds and boo-boos, and my husband has a headache or the man cold, like feeling it completely. Man cold's a real thing, by the way, y'all. <laughs> That's a professional diagnosis. We're not <laughs> judging, we're just diagnosing. Um, but, you know, I felt powerless as as a wife, a mom, a caregiver in my home, and then to come into the workspace and know that the people that I was seeing on a daily basis, they felt the same way I felt at home, and I am medically trained. So knowing that in the back of my head, like, it led to even more frustration. And then fast forward to 2012, um, a friend of mine offered me 
some essential oils to try because my husband was dealing with recurrent mouth ulcers. And I was just kind of like, I'm a professional. This stuff does not work. This is crazy. And my husband, he is, has his degree in biology, so he's real smart too, he thinks. And we looked at these natural health care options as a joke because we had never actually seen anybody use natural health care options and see really good results from it. But what we didn't know is that it's more than just um, what they were using. There was There's more to it than just using a product one time. Yeah. And so we jumped into the essential oil world in um, July of 2012, and I just started doing my research. And as I researched, um, I was still working in the ER, but I was seeing that there was more to just masking the symptom with a natural health care product. Like what like that shift from um, educating yourself, empowering yourself, and knowing that there's more to it than just one magic bean that fixes everything, sure. that translated across all platforms for me. So that was when I started talking to my husband more about, ooh, we're going to dive into the essential oil world. <laughs> and he thought I was crazy. We lived in the poorest area of Virginia, and very um, the Appalachian Mountains, very rural. Everybody does coal mining and railroad, and they're not concerned with their health because they've never been educated. Sure. And it was one of those things where I thought, we have the ability to educate people and help them feel empowered with their health by just offering simple solutions to the everyday things. Because I think when, you know, education is power, right? So when we know better, we do better. But a lot of people don't take the time to educate when we're in the healthcare field because we don't have time. Exactly. All the regulations from administration come down and we have, you know, five minutes with a patient. And you yep. can't do anything with that. Yeah. So we just got really passionate about it. And that's what we do. We educate and get down to the nitty-gritty. It was unfortunate. You said that exactly, like, so perfectly in the sense of I remember that when I was working, you know, uh, in a clinic, however many years it was, that I always had to give, like, a monthly when I'm available kind of worksheet. Mm-hmm. And and we had it we had it scheduled to where it was like, you know, if, our, if we have an acute appointment, you get no more than 20 minutes. If we have... You know, if we had like a, a follow-up, I think you were no, you weren't allowed more than thirty minutes. Right. Uh, we seldom had sixty-minute blocks. You mm-hmm. know, and I, I remember I had to fight with a lot of my folks, kind of tooth and nail, to say like, I've never seen this person before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like as if like we've been friends since you know when, and and all of a sudden I could just kind of pick up where somebody else had left off. You know, I didn't. I didn't feel. I didn't feel qualified enough to really do that. And, and even early back in my career, when I first got started, I was taught by a lot of wise folks to say, like, you know, like really, you know, when it comes to medicine, you do a lot more teaching than you expect. Mm, yeah. And you really, and you really have to sit down with folks. So I remember, like, what you just said, like, rings extremely true with me. Is that mm. I was very frustrated that I was only being deemed to have a 20-minute session with somebody when maybe I never met them before. Oh. And I really just I kind of wanted to find out their story and talk with them a little bit. And that's it, it's just that much more has happened now with being a, you know, being a PA for the last 10 years. I've seen the trend toward a lot more of like fast medicine. 
Mm. You know, it's like it's like yeah. a come in, get what you think you need or what the doctor believes that you need and be good with that and take off. You know, I talk to a lot of physicians who will recommend their patients to me and say, like, well, we've done all we can do, so why don't you go talk to Spring? She may have some options for you. That's and really funny. a lot of these physicians are friends of mine, and, you know, when we're – when they're off the record and we're just having just a normal conversation, the frustration is palpable in them because they are trained to help heal people and help them feel better. But because of all of the things that get in the way and these short office visits, they get stuck in the monotony of just describe this and send them out the door. Mm-hmm. And then as these patients come back, because they want to feel better, they truly do. These physicians want to help them, but they do not have time. Yeah. And I think that that is what has created this sick care because sure. all we're doing is managing sick patients. And for me, I wanted other options. And I also knew that as a mom, I didn't want my kids to be in their teenage years, in their early 20s, you know, an adult my age and have a whole list of health issues that maybe there were answers for that we could have addressed when they were children and we could have just raised them in a healthy lifestyle. Sure. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so, I mean, I'm going to have to make sure that I say this because with that also being said, you know, we don't want the tone of this podcast to be something where we're bad-mouthing our healthcare providers. Oh, we absolutely, absolutely we love I love the fact that we live in a society where our abilities as healthcare yeah. providers are second to none. I mean, there absolutely. are people literally right now saving lives. Yes. You know, absolutely. very, very unbelievably trained physicians that are saving lives right mm-hmm. now. So, but what it, what we need to do is look at the same, or excuse me, the side of the same coin and say, okay, that's definitely happening. People are getting saved. You know, cancers are getting removed, and, yes. and people are absolutely becoming success stories right now, and that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that also being said is that, like, when we look at some of, the, some of the data in terms of, like, some of the surveys that I've seen is that now over 80% of Americans have some sort of a long-term illness, Mm-hmm. And that long-term illness actually equivocates to about $2 trillion spent every year in that form of healthcare to manage that condition. Mm. And, and so what we need to help spur along in people, I think, and Spring, you definitely can attest to this, is that we need to inspire people Absolutely. to be the managers of their own healthcare, to Absolutely. start their lifestyle that is going to be something that they know that they are making those positive choices. Yes in order to be able to actually have the great foundation yes. of great health care because we still want to make sure that everybody's still going to see a doctor. Yes. You absolutely should have a physician or a PA or a nurse practitioner or nurses in your life. Yes, yes. You need to go see them on a regular basis, but there is a lot of things that we can do yes. on our end every single day because they're not the ones that are putting the food in our mouths. They're not the ones that are telling yes. us to go out there and get yes. a nice walk for 15 minutes, right? Yes. I like to tell people that it's not about replacing medicine, modern medicine. Absolutely. I I am so thankful that we live in 2018, right, where they don't attach leeches to us and bleed us to death, right? (laughs) Oh, look look at that. You hurt your arm. We're going to have to take it off. Right. Oh, my gosh, you have a fever. Let me just just do a little bit of an incision on your carotid and drain all your blood. You know, like, thank God we don't live in that time. But 
this is not about replacing. This is about partnering with. Because the frustration that we feel as providers is not because we we want to replace something. We want to partner with the modern practices and say, how can we make this better so that people feel better, they live longer lives, they feel like they're in the driver's seat of their health. So thank God for modern medicine. Let's make it better. Let's partner together. Okay. And so when you yourself started noticing sort of these changes and stuff like that in your family, what was sort of like the aha moment? What was like the I have to, you know, go from all of this wonderful information that I've been trained with to saying like, okay, now I need to go out there and inspire others to take charge of their own health care and take charge of their own wellness as well? You know, the, the, the biggest moments for me were the little things like when my kids start puking in the middle of the night and they're on the top bunk, and I hear that puke hit the floor <laughs> at 2 nice. a.m., right? And you're like, Even oh, if it's yeah. tile, I hope it, I hope it wasn't carpet. <laughs> you know, that's the worst. Like, those are the worst moments in parenting when you feel like, oh, my gosh, like, what is it that I can do? Because most parents feel like, oh, like, yeah. we have no options. And so They're paralyzed. They're paralyzed. They're, you're paralyzed, and you yeah. feel like, oh, gosh, what – who can I go to? But then when you get to whoever, they most of the time say, there's nothing I can do. I'm so sorry that you came in here. Go home and rest. And so those key moments for me were moments with my kids and even with my hubby where I was like, oh, we can do things and and have these tools at home that we can manage symptoms and support our body's needs. Yeah. But then we started seeing really quickly, oh, wait, it's been six months and We've not had a six visit. Oh, wait, it's been a year. Oh, wait, it's been two years, three years, four years. And now we're on six years, and we've had no sick visits in our family at all. doesn't yeah. mean we don't get sick. It just means that we have tools that support our body's needs. And that is empowering. And we're also a part of this tribe of these, like, crunchy, for whatever that means, people who are doing the same thing, and we're seeing this little bit of this revolution that's kind of like taking over where people are like, hey, we know that we can do things, but it's not just about the specific tools that we use. It's more about health education with our with our families where I say, hey, we reduce the amount of sugar that we eat. We yeah. focus on gut health. We focus on movement, and we focus on healthy sleep patterns, and all of that empowers us. So that it was gradual when all those things started to happen, but once it once we realized it, we were like, strap up because we are going with this because it's changed our lives, right? Oh, you said that so perfectly. Look at that. It's it's it it it. it, it. You're talking, like, if you guys are listening right now, like, you're listening to two people whose lives have been changed in the sense of feeling like mm-hmm. we actually have something that we can do about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we don't have to feel, like, as if, like, oh, do we need to wait for this to get so bad, and then when do I flick that switch and say, okay, now let's, let's go start the car and get ourselves over to the hospital. Totally. Um, we, we have that ability, like, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, I hate to say it, but I mean, like, it almost like it's the same kind of pattern that you would follow if you were falling into some sort of an addictive thing, like, you know, but, yes. but I don't know if anybody would ever be upset with themselves, because I know that we're not, to be addicted <laughs> to good health. 
totally. You know, and the good news is, is that just like you said, you cannot do this overnight. This is not something that you can just wake up and say, all right, I'm going to do all these 97 different things. Mm. And all of a sudden, by next week, I'm going to be healthy. I mean, like, it took some time yes. to get ourselves into a situation where we felt like we may not have been that healthy. And mm. it's going to take some time to kind of get us back out. Our bodies are not made in such a way that we can have that sort of change. Everything is gradual. And so we want to help you eat that elephant one yes, night at a time. one night at a time. And, and you know, that's one of the big focuses that I tell a lot of people is this does not happen overnight. But... If you look at your life and you're like, you know, I really wish that I felt better. I wish I slept better. I wish I wasn't grumpy all the time. I, like, it's not about, like, you wake up the next morning and you go out and you buy all healthy food and you do all the things and you try to do it all in one day because if you do that, you will fail miserably. Absolutely. And then you'll feel even worse because you'll feel like a failure. The reality is any of us who are successful with a healthy lifestyle have put little things into practice slowly over time, and it takes Bingo. years. Yep. You know, and but that is where the success comes because then it becomes a habit, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's like I mean, you think about it like a you could put it with a metaphor of like a professional athlete. You know, yeah. that professional athlete didn't become a Hall of Famer overnight. Like, obviously, they, they started playing high school football, and they listened to some really great coaches, and they had some, yeah, they had some natural ability, but a lot of it was nurtured. You know, it's like there was some nature involved in it, but a lot of nurturing as well, and then that's how that person became a really great football star. So, you know, you can't, I can't lay down and, like, say, like, okay, I want to start working out, and then, like, stack on a bunch of weights and, like, bench press 300 pounds tomorrow. Oh you know, yeah, we got to build ourselves up to that. You know, we can't we can't just uh, we can't just automatically assume I can start a diet and it's okay. I can follow all of these maybe more stringent rules of this diet tomorrow. You know, because unfortunately yeah. a lot of those diets fail because uh, people think that they can do that. So yeah, you've you've I you use, said it perfectly. I use the metaphor of diets like that a lot when I'm talking to people because everybody knows somebody who jumps on the next fat diet, right? Sure. And they do it for the sake of, like, healthy living, but they've not done any other minor adjustments in their life. Yep. So whatever the diet may be, whether it's, you know, um, keto or paleo or veganism or whatever, like mm -hmm. carbonarians, whatever they want to sure. do, like, if they've not made minor adjustments in their life, most people, when they jump on those fad diets, they're not going to be successful because Absolutely. it's overwhelming and they've not made the minor tweaks. So yeah, this is more about gradual progression, support, a lot of communication, and education. Yep, and then and then honestly, great expectations. Yeah, and then realizations. Like yes. you got to be realistic and practical about it. You can't you can't just assume I can be that person tomorrow. You know, you got it's a slow process because you didn't see all the stuff that happens beyond the science. But kind of like why I don't like. You know, social media sometimes is that social media depicts, I call it like the ESPN highlight film of somebody's day. <laughs> you know, you either see the real bad lows, the real low lows, or the really high highs. Oh, yeah. And most of the time, more people like to post those really high highs. Oh, yeah. You know, they really like to post that. Like, oh, look, I went out and bought a new car. Or, oh, look, we're going to go on another vacation. And it's like, you don't you know, see that they're like $200,000 in debt. Bingo. Yeah, you don't see the amount of debt that they're carrying or the amount of frustration that they might have or, God forbid, especially in this day and age, you know, the mental health concerns that we oh, have with a lot of folks. Amen to that. 
And, and we think that, we think that, you know, just because we're playing nice on social media doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of demons that we're trying to deal with in oh. our, in our mental health problems, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So then that's another aspect, guys, that I want you to be aware of is that everywhere, you know, Spring and I have been mainly talking more so about physical health, but physical health is just as important as mental health. Yes. And, and we really want people to be aware of, you know, that there's hope for you and that there's an opportunity. And essential oils actually are a great start for a lot of people yes. when it comes to their mental health. You know, if you want to explain, Spring, if you want to elaborate more on emotions and the types of research that are coming out now, uh, you know, with, with, with essential oils and, and just kind of describe that to us, you know, if you wouldn't oh, mind doing that. Well, I think it's... Um really interesting that we sometimes in the health care world we neglect like mind body and spirit you know yeah. like we, we focus just on the body yep. um, and we leave out this huge element of the mind um, and our emotions and I know and I know Frank you could probably agree with this too is that when you deal with people and you see a lot of people in the healthcare world um, a lot of their physical is a direct result of their mental and emotional state. Yep. Um, and so when you're dealing with recurrent issues, re- chronic health conditions, um, it doesn't matter how many medications you throw in the body. Like if, if there's a, an underlying emotional problem, it will manifest itself as a physical problem. And you can address the physical, but until you get to the root of the emotional need, the physical will never heal. And there is so much new science coming out about that. Um, and and then vice versa, if the physical is always sick, it causes an emotional overwhelm, you know? like So we have to work um, with both the mental and the emotional, or the emotional and the physical with people. And there's all this research now about how essential oils cross the blood-brain barrier. They they work in the brain at this chemical level to address serotonin and dopamine levels, and all of these things affect overall mental well-being and how we feel. Um, and then on the other side of that, there's all this research about how if we don't fix the gut, <laughs> you know, the gut is, affects more than just our stomach and how we feel, right? Sure, like, sure. If whether or not we have indigestion, that's not just it. Like 80% of our serotonin is from our gut, from our GI tract is where it's produced, and it hits mm-hmm. the brain, right? So, like, we need to address all of this, the whole person as a whole. And so when we, when we talk about using essential oils, these are such a powerful tool to be able to address not just how you feel in the moment, but to, to create a long-term healing effect by using different scents for um, triggering memories and working through trauma and supporting brain um, chemical levels and all of this stuff. So, No, I think that's great. I think that the way that you put it in terms of, like, talking about how Really what we're doing with essential oils, guys, I think bottom line is that we are trying to create this understanding of our own self, but allowing the body to do what it does, allowing yes. the body to actually do what it was designed to do. I mean, we have been given a, an amazing blessing, and our bodies are capable of some tremendous things. I know of people who have become you know, amputees of some sort due to it being maybe a war-related injury or something like that. And you'll literally see people get brand new, 
you know, prosthesis and be able to go running again because they're not going to let it hold them back that they've lost an entire limb, you know, like that would be an absolutely devastating thing. But with the power of the body, they can overcome maybe something as significant as that Mm -hmm. and be able to still live a very full life. Yes. And so, you know, that's one of the things that catapulted myself and probably you as well, Spring, is that we have just this fondness, and to be honest with you, I'm in this great awe of the human body. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it yeah. is so well designed that if we give it the right tools, yep. that it can absolutely take care of itself. Oh, gosh. And we won't yeah. find ourselves in the funk of different situations because usually it's either too much or too little. You know, our bodies are designed for moderation. Yes. And too much or too little of something, whether it be good or bad, is not always going to give you the results that you're hoping for. Our body gives us signals all the time. And any time that you have anything that is off in your body, it is a sign that your body is giving you of either a deficiency or a toxicity of something. Yep. And, you know, our bodies were designed to be self-healing machines, right? Like God created us to be a self-healing machine. And I I give this example, like, have you ever told these examples so many times? It's like, okay, I've told this like 1,200,000 times. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Probably. If you break your arm or your leg and you go to the ER, we don't give you a pill in the ER for your leg or your arm to heal. Yep. We don't. Because it doesn't work that way. We put a cast on whatever the broken part is, and then your body does what? Yeah. Your body heals itself because it has the appropriate tool to stabilize the broken area, and then your body goes to work and it corrects itself because something is off. Yep. And if we look at our health that way, if we look at how we support our health that way, then everything we do will be managing toxicity or deficiencies, right? So if you're somebody who says, oh, I, I have struggled with head discomfort, you know, some sort for my entire life. Well, what is it? What's the underlying thing that you need to address that's going to fix that? Because it may be a structural part of your body, an alignment issue. It may be an underlying gut health issue. It may be an emotional issue. But there are things you can do to check all those boxes to see how you can best support your body, right? Yeah. No, I mean, can I just say simply amen? You know, we're from the South, so I was just saying, absolutely, can I get an amen? So, amen. I mean, I cannot, I wouldn't even be able to add to that. I mean, that's just so perfectly said that it's just, there is a lot of truth in uh, what, everything you just said, is that, you know, we just systematically can work through things, and most yeah. of these things, we're, we can be empowered to do them on our own. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we can absolutely, I mean, Let's face it, guys. I mean, like, just like in the example that you just said about breaking your arm or your leg, okay, we get it. Well, you know, like, that's, that's, that's the problem, okay? And so we need to go get additional management for that. But Absolutely. really, do we break bones every single day, right? You okay. know, or, or like, do we have this head discomfort like most days of the week? You know, like, are we sleeping poorly most days of the week? You know, like, there's, there's, there's tons of medications out there to, to manage those, like, issues, if you will, but, you know, they're sort of like just putting a Band-Aid on a, on, a, on a big dam that's getting ready to erupt. You know, like we need to, like, replace the stones yes. with the yes. choices that we're making in that dam in order to be able to actually successfully look at it and say, gosh, I can't believe that I was able to do that. I was able to overcome the, the, just the issues that I've always had with getting nice, healthy sleep. 
You know, I was diagnosed in seventh grade with fibromyalgia, and fibromyalgia is an autoimmune disorder, and I struggle with that. Like, I still struggle with it at times. But since we've been on this natural health journey, I can identify the things that cause me to have flares. I can identify the things that I need to do differently in my diet and in my my exercise and movement that cause me to be able to support my body's needs at that time. Because, yep. you know, when I, when I worked in the ER, I would be triaging patients, and, and I would say, you know, well, you know, what is your life-threatening medical emergency that brings you to the ER? And I would have people say things like, well, honey, I've got fibromyalgia. And I'm uh-huh. sitting there triaging, <laughs> and yep. I have the same diagnosis. And I, and I would look at these patients, and I would think, what are they doing differently that I, or what are they doing that I can do differently? And, you know, now I'm 41, and I've had fibromyalgia for a long, long time, and I know if I don't get proper sleep, then I'm going to be very uncomfortable. If I'm not managing my stress, I'm going to be very uncomfortable. If I eat a ton of sugar and I'm really high in carbs, then I'm going to be super uncomfortable and not able to move very well. And so that just causes me to feel like, oh, what bad. So then I lay around more, and then that makes me feel worse. So if I stay on top of it and I'm supporting my body with good supplements and good rest and good food, man, it's like a humdinger, you know. I'm feeling great. But Yeah, totally. And, I mean, like, and, we still – I don't even know if we – besides just uh, what you've just talked about, I mean, I don't know of any other way to really address something like fibromyalgia because it's uh, – I mean – by definition, it's a diagnosis of exclusion. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, yes, we have some real criteria, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, we understand it more than what we did, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, we but know still, it's regardless, yes. it ends up being like, well, we have to, like, say all these things that it's not in order to be able to say that this is what it is. Yeah. Yes. You know, so, but the thing is, is that I would offer that there is a multitude of different situations out there that we need to address the whole person, you know, yes. in order to be able to be more effective. So, yeah, yes. no, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that that's absolutely fantastic. So, um, oh, golly, unfortunately for the sake of time, I mean, my goodness gracious, girl, we could probably talk for We like could go all hours. Right? Me and you, we, we could talk. for the next four hours. <laughs> uh, but for the sake of our listeners, uh, we're coming up on that time, and so I just wanted to sort of like circle back and, and finish where we started. And uh, first of all, thank you, Spring, oh, for both you and Keith. Me. I mean, like, you guys are amazing. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, well, and we we so feel like that about you and your wifey. We love you guys. Well, we are so grateful to be able to know you guys. And, uh, and, and thank you so much for sharing your heart with us mm-hmm. on the podcast today. Um, we just want you guys to know that if, you know, you're going to fall in love with Spring. So go check her out again. Uh, dot com, yep. and you will be able to put, correct me if I'm wrong, you'll be able to put a little bounce back into it, right? Is that... Just put a little bounce in your step. It's redefined little... that crunchy, so you can be you can be crunchy, but it's still where your designer shoes and your lip gloss. That's it. Fashionable crunchy is where it's all about. That's right. That's the best way to probably approach some modern living. So, but once again, Spring, thank you so much. It's just been so wonderful to have you. Uh, on today's podcast, and I seriously just cannot wait for you guys to be able to listen to this, re-listen to it, get re-inspired, and uh, and be able to join us again on our very next podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.